previously on Wove Inspiration. And I have to add this right now, after trying probably 13 different medications, mm-hmm. my son is not on any medicine right now awesome. for, for any sort of psychiatric condition. He's, he's on thyroid medicine, but that's a whole different story. So That is awesome. <laughs> this is Wove Inspiration. Here to inspire, encourage, and uplift. Well, good morning, good morning, and thank you so much for tuning in to Wove Inspiration's Monday Morning Motivation. I am your host, Althea Richardson, and today it is a privilege and honor to interview this special guest. Now, you guys, I'm going to tell y'all something right now. I am not somebody that is involved in politics. Unfortunately, because of the recent uh, presidential peoples in the White House, I have learned so much about politics in the last two years that uh, it's not even funny. But I am blessed and fortunate enough to be able to interview this special guest. Her name is Niecy Hamilton. She is a candidate running for a Houston City Council District D. She is a senior marketing executive, a Democrat, a doctor, a veteran, an award-winning comedian, a survivor of human, uh, human trafficking, and a mother of seven who is a visionary with a forward-thinking mindset that will impact the future of Houston City Council District D with positive deviation. Welcome to the show, Nisi. Hey, how's it going? Good morning, good morning, good morning. <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking about. Let's get this party started for real. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, we got to wake people up. They're going to be like, what in the world? Who is ever happy Hello. on Monday? Yeah, yeah. I'm See? telling you. But you should be blessed and fortunate. Yes, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm excited about this interview because um, as we talked before we got on the air, I am, and I'm a novice when it comes to politics. However, with the recent um, things that have been going on in the White House, um, I'm learning a whole lot about politics. But I want you, because everybody, you know, from a from a common perspective, individuals that don't have a whole lot of political background, um, you are someone that is with the people and for the people in your position. So, but everybody has a beginning. So, tell everyone about your beginnings. Like, what made you decide to even want to do um, politics? <laughs> Funny story, because I was gonna say, believe it or not, I was I was reading uh I don't know what book of the Bible that is. Ain't that something? Let me tell you, politics and the word, you you'll forget the scripture, but you'll know it's there. How See, about that? All right. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Amen. I was reading I was reading the word and uh was the word was talking about Rahab and this was at the pinnacle of me deciding, this is my deciding factor if I was even going to jump in a race. Mm-hmm. And I read that word and was talking about Rahab. And I remember there was a part where Rahab uh, made a choice to identify herself and identify how much information she had. 
identify her position and identify what she wanted because of her position. Because Joshua was a spy. Yeah. And he, the information she had, he needed. And it was pertinent for him to have that information because it was enough information for him, for, for her to save his life. And in return, not only did she want her life to be saved, she wanted her family's life to be saved as well. Yeah. And then God reminded me, because I am a survivor of human trafficking, that Rahab was a victim of human trafficking mm-hmm. because of the, the God that they worship, because of that's how the people at that time identified um, and, and the retail of their bodies at that time. That was okay, but it was not okay in the kingdom of God and the teachings of Jesus Christ. And Rahab went from being a prostitute to being a woman who had a seat at the table. Hey, that's her what I'm voice, talking about. Right. Her voice was heard, and she became not just a prostitute, because I know that's what people teach, but she became a woman with the word. She became a woman on a mission. She, she identified with politics in a way to where her voice was heard at a time that women's voices were not heard and they were never going to be in a position to become war strategists. Mm-hmm. Rahab became a war strategist in that era. And she, she not only saved her life, but she saved her family's life. Yeah. And when I thought about that and when I changed my mind about how I saw Rahab, I got a chance to change my mind about me and how I saw me. I got a chance to identify with the type of leadership in the Bible that best represented who I am to the community that I'm already serving. And then that's what I became. I became a Rahab for my district with the regards of saving my people because this is what this is about. Amen. And I became okay with that. So I said, I'm going to go for it. Well, all right then. Well, I'm so glad that you did because um, like I was saying before, your resume is just, um, I don't have enough time to really go through all of it, but you do a whole lot of stuff. But one of the things that really caught my attention out of all of this is that you are also a comedian. Now, I do know that you do have to have a sense of humor to be in the mm-hmm. politics. So how did you, how do you balance that as far as, you know, being a comedian that's now in politics? You know, every forum I go to, I try my best not to tell a joke, <laughs> but for some reason it always ends up coming out because when you're funny, you're just funny. Yeah. It's not something that goes away. And so I keep thinking because my husband challenges me and I hate it. I think God gave us husbands just to just to make fun of us. Like he he's always trying to catch me in a serious moment. Yeah. And he knows he how to pull information out of me. He knows that one thing that'll make me tick. And it's like, well, blah, 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 blah. And he knows that's that's the thing that makes me funny because I'm never professional in professional atmosphere. And I know it sounds crazy, uh, but because I'm not cursing, I'm not 
mm-hmm. you know, uh, boisterous or doing anything like that. It's just, it just comes out that way. And I'm like, man, I really wasn't trying to tell a joke like that, but I'm glad you guys got it. And I'm glad it was funny to you all because I, in my mind, I'm serious. But in their minds, it's funny. So I'm just like, I'm, it's like I'm, I'm too black in white arenas and I'm too, maybe uh, too white in black arenas. And uh-huh. it, it's so confusing. So I'm funny without even trying to be. Yeah. It's really crazy. Yeah. But you know what? It works because people really in in today's society, they looking for real folk. They're not looking yeah. for somebody who's just going to be, you know, they're going to tell you all of the stuff that they're going to do. And then nine times out of 10, they don't follow through with what they say they're going to do. So I know with a sh- without a shadow of a doubt, you are a person that's going to be real and, and honest with the people that you are serving in your district. And that's awesome. Absolutely. And District D is smart. Girl, these folks know the people that's out there working and getting mm-hmm. stuff done. I mean, it's it's fifteen of us up there running, and I've been running since Mother's Day. Okay. So I was running while my incumbent was in the seat before he announced that he was going to be running for mayor, and then I was the first one who filed. So, well, even when we just talk about the leadership approaches and the leadership advantages, it's like, man, <laughs> I ain't trying to be funny, but. Some of this stuff, you can't, I swear, Athea, you got to come to some of them forums because we say the darnest things. It's like a bunch of kids um, scrambling for stuff. Who's going to come up with the best answer, the best solution? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, this ain't nothing like the spelling bee. Like back in the day, you you know when your home girl or homeboy stood up that they was going to spell that word right. Right. Baby. We, we got some we got some boogers up there but we all work together and i love it yeah it's funny yeah now i know one of the um platforms that you're going to be working to to eliminate is sex trafficking so what is your yeah. approach to getting because it's bad it is so you know <laughs> I, I all I gotta do if people um that are in Houston that listen to this and I say Bissonette, they already know. They already right. know what the deal is. So what what is it that you uh can do to to make a difference in in getting rid of all of this this crazy mess that's called sex trafficking? We need to get it out of here because it's ridiculous. Well, the first well, when I went to research the uh phone justice, I saw that most parents, uh, the, the, the children of the incarcerated parents, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you in jail, your, your child want to talk to you. Yeah. And right now for the state of Texas, in order to talk to your parent while they're in jail, it's six ninety five just to connect the service to your phone. And then it's 20 cents a minute. Now Harris County it, it, they get 70% in profits from that. Wow. 70%. So 70% equals to about $4 million in profit. And my thing is, when you're picking up these people for whatever the reason is, uh, mm-hmm. be it something uh, detrimental or be it something like, mm-hmm. what, how hard is it for the officer to just act 
how many children do you have, what's your children's name, add the children to a database so that we can keep up with the children. Because mm-hmm. that, that's what's really happening. We're not keeping up with the children of the people that's being incarcerated. Wow. And African-American women have a 40% chance of their children being in foster care faster than an African-American man. So, and, and, and not one time did it mention anything about Caucasian-Americans mm-hmm. because usually they have somebody there to keep the kids or, you know, they have a support system or family members, things like that, as well as my Latina culture. But for my African-American people, there's nothing. Yeah. And my thing is, with Harris County, I'm, you know, in, in which I've gone to them, you guys we need to create a coalition for our children and let's use some of that valuable money that they're using, you know, as an increase from African-American deprived children who just want to talk to their moms and dads while they're in jail, put the money back into the community so we can keep up with the children. That, yeah. that is like the best way. Another thing I found out while doing some research was that when kids leave foster care, not one time has any CPS agency or any agency made room to hire foster care children. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Wow. 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 It's like if you age out the system, they give you $50 and, and then that's it. You on your luck. What yeah. they don't tell you is that you get college for free. You can apply for certain subsidiaries and, and things like that. And, and and if your foster parent was neglectful and didn't give you that information or they hated you or the only reason why you were in their house was for a check, they're never going to educate you about the resources that are available to you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So guess what? As soon as they age out the system, the pimps and the predators are outside waiting for them. Yeah, I have a a shelter that I grew up in at Chimney Rock Center. I grew up in Chimney Rock. The, right now, you drive over there uh, on Chimney Rock. Uh, the pimps and the presidents are waiting outside. Mm. The girls are running away to be with them. I I bet you right now there are at least five girls missing from Chimney Rock. Mm-hmm. And that'll be a sex trafficking. My God in heaven. And one of the things that I do know is that when it comes to foster care, I've I've actually talked to a couple of uh, individuals that are foster parents, and they find that it's really hard to get information that they need to be able to help when it comes to African-American kids to get wow. the help they need. And um, my, my question is, if we have people that are wanting to love these, these children and, and do whatever it is that they need to do to get them on, on track and get them going in the right direction and everything and give them a solid foundation, why are we not providing the, 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 the resources that they need and the information that they need? That's one thing that needs to definitely be addressed. There needs to be more of an education for um, individuals that want to foster these children, that want to help well, these kids. Well, I think for the most part, um, you know, there are different reasons why people get into fostering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can call myself foster care uh, because I know I rescue about 30 girls a year in my house. That's just in my house alone. 
Party girl. And um, a lot of a lot of these girls are being bust out here from different states, from different violent situations. Um, even the, for instance, the the Donald Neely's case. You know, that was the young man who was um, taken, um, who was walking between the two horses with the Caucasian people on yeah. the horses, yeah. and they took him by rope. Um, who who is you know schizophrenic and and has plenty sense. He's just schizophrenic. Mm-hmm. Don't bother nobody. Tweet his car. As soon as that incident happened, you know people were they were reluctant about getting rid of him. Sent them to a, a hospital out here in Houston. The hospital, you know, washed their hands of him. Sent them out. Just like they do in the foster care system, mm. sent them over to a homeless shelter. Homeless shelter told him no. They did an assessment on him, told him no, because he had not been in the city for 30 days. He wasn't considered a resident. What? Oh, my God. Yes. Somebody had to call me to come and pick that man up so he wouldn't be homeless in Houston. Mm. Do you see what I'm saying? So he mm. left one city being victimized to come to a sanctuary city to be victimized again. Mm-hmm. And we keep saying that this stuff is not happening. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's See, happening think... to women, and it's happening to men alike, just as much as it's happening to girls. It's yeah. happening to boys just alike. It is happening. Yeah, yeah. And it's unfortunate that a lot of the stuff that we see on TV, you know, is it... To, to work behind the scenes for you, I'm glad that you are in in the works, in the trenches, working with uh, the community because, you know, me, I can only go based on what news media and everything is showing. But when you get dirt down dirty and deep into what exactly is really going on, it I know it's some crazy stuff. Big Ooh. time. And what you just said just blew my mind. I did not, I would have even, not even imagined anything like that. How are you going to go from one city and, mm-hmm. and, and then come to Houston and still be treated like, like you're nothing? That's madness. Like it's nothing. Like it's nothing. I, I did a forum the other day and we were talking about homelessness and I had to help them understand. Homeless people have leaders and it's not all a mental issue. Just like there are levels of wealth, there's levels to homelessness. Some people are homeless. Some people have jobs under just are homeless mm-hmm. without a home. Some people are homeless due to medical. Some yeah. people are homeless because they can't keep up with the bills. Mm-hmm. You know, some people are homeless because they parent died and could, couldn't pay the parents' bills and keep up with the parents' You know, stuff, and they, they leave their things to go over to the parent stuff. The parent died, the parent don't leave them nothing. And then because that they didn't have a will, because most black people don't have a will. And let's just be honest, we don't. Yeah. They didn't will that stuff over, so then they end up losing Big Mama House, who they think is going to be theirs just because they're there. Yeah, I've seen it happen. Mm-hmm. I've seen people lose their, I've seen people go to their job, tell their job that they have cancer. And then, girl, and then lose their job the same daggone week. Mm-hmm. 
And then the insurance that they have, they can't, they can't even really hold on to it because it, it goes in, it, it becomes so extremely expensive. It's like, well, uh, I guess I'm not going to have insurance but with that, whatever that is, that COBRA or whatever that is for that moment of time that they're um, dismissed from work. Um, it doesn't yeah. last long. And let's not even talk about Social Security. What's the point of it? When Why? you worked for 20 years, you yeah. made a certain amount of income. And now you, re- you if you don't have a 401k or some type of retirement, do not depend on Social Security because it ain't going to work. It ain't. It's not going to work. You know, I've, I've talked to several. I've had several firefighters since running reach out to me about certain needs that they have for their babies because the insurance from the city won't cover it or certain needs that they need personally. They, if they get sick, they're afraid to say anything because they're going to lose their insurance. If they get cancer, it doesn't pay. It doesn't cover it. Even if you, the minute you get cancer and you report it, it's, that's done. Mm-hmm. It's hard for you to get treatment. And how do, you, how do you account for the treatment or pay for the treatment with the income that you have when you're already taking care of a, you know, your family mm-hmm. and things like that? Knowing that the duty of that particular first responder will increase the chances of cancer up to fifty percent just because of what they're working around. So now, so now the division comes in. If I'm a firefighter and I got to go to this African American mama's house, who if she gets cancer, she's gonna get Medicaid and she's gonna get all these social services that are available to her at no cost. But but at my cost because I'm a taxpayer and I'm paying for her to have that sort that service or that resource to her. Why why should I put a fire out in her house? Mm. Wow. Why? The oh so suicide rate has gone up with our first responder. Mm-hmm. Even even if they commit the suicide, the insurance still doesn't pay. They get the cancer insurance still doesn't pay. That's that's crazy. So then what you do? Then you get this crazy mojo bojo stuff about needing their pension money. And I see why. I get it. Because until you're there and working somewhere for 20, 21, 22 years, you know, putting out people's fires and catering to the public and being that public service that everybody needs and doing everything other than what you're supposed to be doing, fixing potholes, checking on elderly people, mm-hmm. rescuing dogs, you know, uh, being the first, because firefighters are usually the first ones, or the ambulance, the first ones to respond mm-hmm. to a yeah. scene whenever they ask for a police, fire, ambulance. They come out anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's like, then what? And my thing is, we can say we support EMS. But when's the last time you've taken yourself to the doctor versus letting the EMS just because you didn't want to pay that $1,500 bill because of their ride? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Woo, boy. boy, this boy, boy. Is serious. Yeah, this is this is, this these, is are, these are our public service, and we're not even protecting them. But here's a grand idea. When you go to the military, I think I, when I went, to, I went to the military for eight years, I know it's hard for people to believe, but I'm about that life. 
Mm-hmm. I, I fight for mine, you know? Yeah. I went to the military. My food came to me. My bed came to me. Guess what? My money came to me. My insurance came to me. Girl, even if I wouldn't have never went to war, if I would have broke my big toe while I was in training, guess what they would have done? Wow. They would have paid me. They would have gave me full coverage insurance. They would have did everything for me as if I was serving my country. Wow. But we don't do the same thing for our feet because they have to think how conus and old conus out of the country and in your country. Hmm. We have domestic survivors. We have domestic warriors, war heroes, mm-hmm. domestic community partners. And we can't offer that same benefit to them. Mm-hmm. Even if we even if we did it, you know, and made it made it unionized, you know what I'm saying? Made it made it to where everybody shares in th- that particular insurance plan or just making sure that they have the insurance that they need so that they can can put our big mama's house um, over here and mm-hmm. not have to worry about because she's low income, her fire not going to get put out because they can't get what they need to. That's the vision. And God don't, God don't operate with the vision. No, not at all. He said a house of God that can't stand. So my house is divided, and we need somebody like myself who does serve the word of God, who has the ability and, and, and more than culpable to get this thing together. Mm-hmm. See, mm-hmm. when I say I'm a survivor of human trafficking and homelessness, what I'm really saying is I can afford change because I manage change and change management. I've done this before. I know how to turn something around. I did it for myself first. What I'm asking is let me do it for us because I got the time. I got the skills. I got the resources. I have the mindset. I have the developers. I have the resources. This is, you know, this is a no brainer for me because this is my life. I've been prepared for such a time as this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I went on in the rant. Oh, no, you, you good because um, this is what people that that are listening to this who are in Houston and wherever they need to know that there are real people that are real for the community that want to get the get in the down and dirty with the community and and help these individuals that people aren't be those that are not being seen and that don't have a voice you are the voice for those that cannot say I need help or can't put put into words what needs to be done because they have to go through all of the red tape and everything. You know exactly what people need. And I am so grateful that you are running for the district, Houston City Council District D. We need more people like you. We need you to multiply. <laughs> And effective, seriously, because there's a lot of work that needs to be done in in Houston, and it's 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 going to take a lot of people to do it. It's definitely going to take a lot of people. So, what what should people do to get in contact with you and to find out more information about your platform, um, everything that you are doing in the community? How can people get in contact with you? Um, you guys, please go to my, my Facebook page at Nisi, N-I-S-S-I, Hamilton, Houston, City, K. 
Council District D. Mm-hmm. Go to my page or call me, 713-331-3112. You guys call me, get involved, um, ask me those questions, uh, ask me what it is that you really, really want to know and what kind of change management that I can actually bring to the district, the plans and the policies that I've already worked on and and have the resources for so that we can make sure you know, that we get to those resources first. And I'm telling you, I bet your bottom dollar, we have a lot of disaster relief funds coming to the state of Texas. Mm-hmm. And some of it is already here, like $15.3 billion of it. Oh. I bet your bottom dollar, every district is going to be fighting for that CIP, which is that community involvement money, or that CDBG money. My job is to make sure that we get to that money first so that it can be dispersed to the people who have issues with their homes due to these both hurricanes, Hurricane Harvey and now Hurricane Imelda. Mm-hmm. This is outrageous. We, we, we have more than enough land to pre- for water to permeate, but what we really need is like a, a, a water waste management solution and I have a solution in my climate action plan that will help make District D go green using solar panels and also giving us a green initiative by giving us more jobs, more suitable jobs and getting the union involved so that we can work together and use those trades. And also a a better way of getting, fostering our people who are coming out of jail, Mm -hmm. giving them something to do so that we can reduce the crime rate because let me tell you if they're moving back into the district or they're here living in the district even with the, if they're with a grandparent or a senior or a, a mom a single mom or you know whatever the living situation is they're gonna need resources yeah and they need to you know and they they need ha- uh they need to be rehabilitated mm-hmm Physically, mentally, emotionally, and with jobs, because they need those resources. So we're going to integrate them back into the community because we're already living with them. Let's reduce the crime, find out who these people are, reduce the crime, and help them get what they need. Because they they want they want answers too. They want help too. We're just integrating people back into the into the community, and then ain't nobody giving them no help. Because they don't went to jail. Mm-hmm. God gave everybody a second chance. It is not our business to not give people second chances and not get it. People do bad things. People do bad. People been doing bad things all their life, but it don't mean they shouldn't come out with some type of skill or some type of, um, you know, something right. where they can, you know what I'm saying? Be mm-hmm. craftier besides crafting their life around crime. Yeah, we we need to be available to them, and it's just it's saddening, it's disheartening to know that we are not more developed and, and sustained, and not a a real complete community. Mhm, mhm. Do you have any upcoming events um, that people will be able to, you know, like if you're um, out speaking somewhere, where can people, you know, be able to come and actually listen to you speak more in public? Oh, you made me check my calendar on this. <laughs> yeah, because I need I need people coming out there to see you 
to to see the realness in you that you know even though you're on 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 this platform um a lot of times people want to um to get to know you uh face to face and want to be able to a- ask questions um to you and as far as what you're going to do for this district so what just what just a couple events that are going to be coming up for you oh my god october 1st is going to be a very going to be helter skelter for me because that is national night out and it's national night out for like maybe five of my uh, civic clubs so if you know about any of the civic clubs in houston i mean not in houston but a district d rather um I know one of the South Park Civic Club, I'm definitely going to uh, be there because my, my babies told me they needed some snacks over there, so I'll be there. Um, that's October <laughs> okay. 1st. My seniors, oh, they're my babies, Lord. They just pull at my heart. I'm just like, I'm like, what y'all need? Miss Nisi coming, I'm coming. Yeah. Uh, but National Night Out for District D is going to be uh, overwhelming and, and lots of fun. I, it's going to be all night. Um that's October 1st, and then October the 5th, um, the Sterling Raiders are going to have a parade. So we're going to have a parade down MLK. Okay. Um, and we're just going to have a funky good time, you guys. I don't know where that information is at, but I see I'll give it to you. That's cool. So make That's cool. Post it. Okay. Absolutely. And um, go to her website as well and, and find out more information on her platform and everything. And, you know, make sure that Houston folks vote. Please, 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 please yes. vote. It is so I'm asking y'all for your vote. Because mm-hmm. you can't make any changes if you don't put your name on the ballot and say, I want to vote for Nisi Hamilton. Please. Yes, please. This is so exciting. I'm yes. very happy. I love you for your support, for your kind prayers, um, and for letting people know, you know, about the options that they do have. And you know what, guys, I'm not jealous. You're everybody's platform. Mm-hmm. And then you make sure you pick the person that really speaks to your heart where you're at. You know, because I I might not speak to, my story might not resonate with you, but I bet your bottom dollar it resonates with a lot of moms and it resonates with a lot of dads. It resonates with a lot of seniors because at some point in their life, everybody's through something similar to what I've been through. And you might have didn't get a chance to tell your story, but this time you get to tell your story through me because I'm going to make it extremely plain and very clear that you do have options. We are stomping on all types of stereotypes, which we should have been doing a long time ago. And that this is the time to change the public's perspective mm-hmm. about homelessness, because I used to be homeless, and about human trafficking, because I used to be trafficked. And stop thinking that we don't get to compete in public spaces professionally, because Absolutely. we do, and we do qualify. Yes, yes. Well, Nisi, it has been a pleasure and honor to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. Again, if you guys need to really know this woman of God, you need to follow her on Facebook. You need to go on her page. 
look at her bio. It is very long, but she is a beautiful woman, both inside and out. And I need you guys to vote for her. Nisi, thank you so much for being on the show today. Yes, thank you so much, too. You are very welcome. This is Althea with Wove Inspirations, Monday Morning Motivation. You guys have an awesome day. God bless. Thank you so much for taking time out to listen to Wove Inspiration. If you'd like to follow us, we are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at W-O-V-E Inspiration. If you want to leave a comment or question, or if you're interested in being a guest on the show, email us at woveinspiration at gmail.com. This is Althea Richardson. I hope everyone has an awesome day and keep moving forward.